Let's jump right in here to our message. We're actually starting our Christmas series uh, this year. I'm very excited about it. Um, it's actually called, the title of the series is called A Christmas TV Special Christmas. Um, one of the things I like the most about Christmas, among many, many things, is watching some of these TV shows and movies that we watch every year. And, and I'm just going to tell you up front so you're all aware, um, I was actually really struggling, may not be the right word, but maybe it is, putting together my Christmas series for this year. And, and I had all these ideas that were running around that may or may not come maybe next year or the year following. And, and I kind of actually even was talking to the staff um, on, on Tuesday going basically, man, I'm having some trouble here trying to figure out exactly where I want to go with this whole thing. Uh, usually I'm, I have it pretty well planned out for, for months and months in advance. And in my, my preaching or my teaching calendar, I had on there, you know, you know, this time of year, Christmas series, but I didn't have anything put on there. And finally, as I was talking to them and praying about it, I felt like this is the direction that we were going to go, mainly because I feel like it's, it's going to be important for us. It's going to be an important time, but also because I think it's going to be a little bit fun, okay? We have been in James. We have talked about worship. We have talked about some heavy, heavy things. Now, I'm not trying to tell you that over the next couple of weeks that we're going to dumb down things. I'm just saying that we're going to look at some clips. We're going to look at some things together. This is is a fun time. This is a, a great time of year, and we're going to enjoy this together. We're going to learn some things, and really my hope is I hope that some of these things that we're going to talk about or focus in on are going to be things that maybe you and your family watch every year or see every year, and I'm excited about that because my hope is, is that now when you watch these things with your family, you'll remember some of the things that we talked about. So today what we're going to talk about is, is The Grinch. Uh, this is one of those movies that, or TV shows that came out very, very early. Uh, and every week what we're going to do is we're going to have a kind of a secondary title for the series. And that title today is How the Grinch Found Christmas. How the Grinch Found Christmas. So we're going to, I'm going to pray and then we're going to watch a quick uh, clip from that show. Father, we love you and we need you. Father, I need you to speak through me. Father, I need, us to help, yeah, I need you to help me to le- help these individuals and help me to learn from your word and from these things. God, you've used a donkey, a rock. You've used so many things to teach us about you. You can definitely use TV specials at Christmas time. And so Father, I pray that we would enjoy this that we would learn and that we would experience you in a way that we maybe haven't before. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, if you want to run our first Grinch clip.
Hmm. Now, obviously, I'm assuming most of you have seen this movie, but just for those that don't, let me kind of give you, or TV show, let me give you a quick synopsis of the situation. Basically, there's these individuals, they're called Who's, they live down in Whoville. They love Christmas a lot. They celebrate it in many, many different ways, and it's driving this Grinch crazy. For 63 years, he's put up with it now. He's got to find some way to stop Christmas from coming. But how? Then he has an idea, an awful idea. The Grinch has a wonderful, awful idea. So he dresses up as Santa Claus. He goes down into the Hughes village and he takes everything. He takes their food. He takes their presents. He takes their their everything that they possibly could want or need to, in his world, celebrate Christmas. And he thinks he's won. He thinks that he has found a way to basically keep people from doing that. And the first thing we have to look at is this. How does the Grinch think he can steal Christmas? Or how does the Grinch try to steal Christmas? How does the Grinch try to steal Christmas? Well, like we said, here's what the Grinch thinks he can steal Christmas by taking the Who's stuff, basically. So he starts by taking the Who's gifts. He starts and then he takes their feast. And those are the, those are the simple things, you know what I mean, that we see. He takes those types of things, but he takes even more than that. He takes their comfort. Uh, Christmas is a time of comfort. We, 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 we like the, the songs that we always sing. We like the, tr- the things that we do. He tries to take that away from them, the food that they're eating. He takes that all away. Next, he takes their traditions away. One of the things I love about Christmas is tra- traditions. Okay, I'm one of those weirdos that when it comes to traditions, like it's got to be the way it was when it was back then, even though back then was much different than it is now. I like to go home back to my mom and dad's house for Christmas. Why? Because I like to go look at their Christmas tree and see ornaments that I put on that tree, or maybe a different tree, but put on a tree back when I was six, seven, eight years old. I like the fact that every year we do certain things. Every year I want new traditions. And the Who's have this. And so he's going, listen, they do this every year. And he talks about all the things they do. And basically he goes, I'm going to take that too. And there's no way they can celebrate Christmas if those things are gone. So they take the gifts, the feast, the comfort, the traditions. And they also, he also takes their songs. You see, there's one point in the story, and there's this thing that he hates most of all. It's when every who down in Whoville, the tall and the small, stand close together with Christmas bells ringing. They stand hand in hand, and those who's start to sing. And they sing, and they sing, and they sing, 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 sing. And the more the Grinch thought of this who Christmas sing, the more the Grinch thought... I must stop this whole thing. And in case you're wondering, yes, I have the entire book memorized. Because I'm just that guy, okay? And so he thinks, if I could take their song, this is the thing that they do. And and it's interesting because the Grinch here has this this very interesting feel of the enemy. He has this thumb. And I really truly believe that one of the things the enemy loves to do in our lives is steal your song. We just spent the last month or so, maybe longer than that, no, about eight weeks, talking about worship, talking about the song uh, that we sing and the life that we live. And the enemy loves to come and he loves to take your song. He loves to rob you of that. And the Grinch thinks to himself, boy, if I can just do that, if I can just take all the things, I can steal Christmas. I can steal Christmas. I looked online this week. These are numbers that just came out. They're the 2018 numbers. 
They're in your notes. It says, it says this, in 2018, American consumers spent, are you ready for this? 6.2, 6.02 billion on Black Friday. We spent, and I say we because I didn't do the Black Friday thing. That scares me. But I did do the cyber stuff, okay? So I'm a part of this too. 7.9 billion on Cyber Monday. It was the biggest Cyber Monday that they have ever had. Total, for those of you that do math really well and really, really quickly, we spent, as Americans, $13.92 billion in like four days. I don't know what the math is on that. Somebody can come up with it really quick. That's a lot of money. That is a lot of money. And it's kind of interesting. No wonder the Grinch thought he could steal Christmas. No wonder the Grinch thought he could steal it. Because when all Christmas is to you, or all Christmas is to me, is the stuff, that stuff can be stolen. Jesus said, he talked about this, he said, he said, put your treasures in heaven. Why? So that moth and rust and robbers won't rob you and steal those things from you. Your stuff can be taken. Your memories and, and, and your traditions, all these things, as important and as fine as they are in their place, is not what Christmas is really all about. And the Grinch thinks, boy, if I can just take all the things, Christmas will be over. Christmas will be ruined. I will keep Christmas from coming. Let's look in the scriptures and let's see what Jesus has to say. And then we'll look at an Old Testament about that type of mentality. Look at Luke 12. In Luke 12, Jesus is going to tell a parable. He's going to tell a story to prove his point. It says this. Then he said, being Jesus, beware... Guard against every kind of greed. Life, and this is important, check this out. If you, have, if, if you still have one of those, I don't know, old-fashioned paper Bibles, and you still mark in it, write, mark this out. Life is not measured by how much you own. Life is not measured by how much you own. Then he told them a story. So now he's going to tell them this parable to prove this point or show this point. He says, then he told them a story. A rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. He said to himself, what should I do? I don't have room for all my crops. Then he said, I know. I'll tear down my barns and big, build bigger ones. Then I'll have room to store all of my wheat and other goods. And I'll sit back and say to myself, my friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. Now take it easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, you will die this very night then who will get everything you worked for? Yes, a person is a fool. Check this out. This is Jesus speaking. A person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. Now let's stop there for a second so we don't run down a path that is not biblical and not is taken out of context. Jesus here is not saying that you shouldn't plan. He's not saying that you should do things to make yourself, uh, you know, have retirements and, do, and have plans financially. All those things are fine. What he is saying is you're a fool if you do all that, but you don't have a rich relationship with Jesus. Start with the rich relationship with Jesus. That's what he's saying here. He's basically helping us to understand. As we move on to Ecclesiastes, we see this. In Ecclesiastes verse number five, or chapter 5, verse number 10, it says this. Those who love money will never have enough. How meaningless to think that wealth brings 
true happiness. How foolish it is to think that if I could just get the next thing, then that would be just, everything would be awesome. If I just had that job, if I just had that, that, that relationship, if I just had that, that house, if I just had that car, if I just had that next thing, then everything is going to be wonderful. It's a fool's errand. It does not work. And we need to understand something. We can lose the meaning of Christmas when we turn Jesus into Santa Claus. We lose it real quick. We have to fight to keep Jesus the center you see, because here's what we do. A lot of times, we, and not just in December, we turn Jesus into Santa Claus. Why? Let me give you an example. This is what we do. We come to God. Usually we come to God when we need something. We come to him and we give Jesus our list. We sit on his lap. We sit down and we expect Jesus is going to look at us and say, Okay now, little boy, what do you want? And Jesus' job in our lives is to basically... Fulfill our list. And you know what's interesting? When Jesus doesn't fulfill our list, we get mad at him. I didn't get what I wanted. I didn't get what I deserve. You see, here's the thing. When you turn Jesus into Santa Claus, you need to understand something. At that moment in your world, you are God and Jesus serves you. Which I got a feeling... Without getting into the, about the 400 scriptures that I could, that's not biblical. That's not what God has for you. But when we turn Christmas into all the stuff, we've kind of regular, regular, put Jesus into that corner of being, hey, your, your job is just to give me what I want. Your job is just to fulfill. No wonder the Grinch thought he could steal it. Now listen, here's the thing. If we look at Christmas like the Grinch did, Christmas can be stolen very easily. Christmas can be taken so simply because it's just stuff. Now listen, I like stuff too. Like I said, I, I went shopping on Cyber Monday. There were good deals. Hey, I'm not talking about this part of it as being, hey, listen, you, if, you're, if you're loving Jesus, you need to take all the presents and the trees and the songs and the, you need to throw them in the garbage. That's not what this is about. This is about putting what matters most in that place. Listen, I'm going to give you a little secret here, okay? You ready? I think Jesus and God and the Spirit like Christmas time. I don't think God is up in heaven going, Oh man, I am so tired of them singing glory to God in the highest. Oh, silent night, I'm getting sick of this. Really? I don't think so. I think God enjoys that. I think God enjoys that we enjoy those things. What's God want? I think God just wants to be put where he belongs, which is first in all things. Because when Jesus is first, listen here, hear my heart. It doesn't matter what's under the tree. I like to give gifts too. I love it. It's one of my favorite things to do. But it's not about that. I have a friend back in Albuquerque, he posted something, and it, it was uh, on Facebook or something. My wife showed me, because I don't do the Facebook thing and all the social media stuff, and it said something to the effect of, as I've gotten older, my list has gotten shorter because I've realized what matters most doesn't go under the tree. Listen, I don't know about your kids, my, my son, 20 things, no problem. If, I, if, I, if we, We'd still be doing a list, if, you know, because he's excited, and that's nothing wrong with that. 
But we as his parents have tried very, very hard to constantly remind him, listen, this is not about the gifts. This is not about the lights. This is not about the tree. Those are great and fun and they are awesome in their place. This is about Jesus. This is about Jesus. So, let's look at another clip. Let's see what happens when the Grinch tries to steal Christmas. Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from the 
true meaning of Christmas came true, and the Grinch found the strength of ten Grinches, plus two. <laughs> You know, it's funny. <clears throat> we watch these things every year. And um, when, we, when we turn a different light on them, it's really easy to see some things. Let's move on. When Christmas doesn't come from a store, what is the more? I, I think that's the question. He, he has this, this moment where he's, he's sitting there going, it came without ribbons, it came without tags, it came without... Packages, boxes, or bags. And he can't figure it out. And then he thinks of something he hasn't before. Maybe Christmas doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas, perhaps, means a little bit more. So what's the more? What is the more? When, when, when people in our world, when, when even ourselves, when we realize the truth is, is that the stuff doesn't matter... What's the more? That is the question that humanity has been asking itself since the beginning. What's the more? I have all the stuff. I have all the things. What's the more? I have everything I can want. I have the car. I have the wife. I have the husband. I have the relationship. I have the job. I have all those things. All those things that we think, oh, if I could just have this. And then it never satisfies. So what's the more? What's the more? Let's look at Luke. In Luke 2, we find the more. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for I bring you tidings, of great, a good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For born this day in the city of David, is a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there were with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. When we talk about Christmas, we usually talk about the Christmas stories that are recorded in Luke and recorded in Matthew. And we have to understand that. But also in John, we see something a little bit different. In John, or excuse me, in Matthew, we, we, we go now to Matthew to see that story. And in Matthew 1, and 23, we see this. It says, all of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son. And this is important. I love this. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Folks, the more we should find in Christmas and in life is Jesus. That's the more. It will always be the more. Listen, I promise you I will never stand up here and lie to you. And I can only tell you what I've experienced, and not only what I have experienced, but what I have seen countless other individuals, some very, very young, some very, very old, that have tried some way, somehow, to make the more something else. And look, it may last for a little while, but the more is Jesus. 
The more at Christmas time, the more in your life is Jesus. I've often said this. I've been known to say this. My youth kids got sick of me saying this, and you're going to get sick of it too. Listen, you were created in your heart with a Jesus-shaped hole. There's only one thing that's going to fit. It's him. There's only one thing. You were created this way. This is not a birth defect. This is how you were created. You were created to need him. It's why so many people walk around looking for something to fill. Something to fulfill them. Something to make them feel the way they need to or what they want to. It's Jesus. It's always been Jesus. It will always be Jesus. It's one of the reasons why loneliness is so rampant this time of year. Because it's like right in front of their face. It's Jesus. This doesn't mean that we, we don't try to do better at work or, 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 or care about certain things. No, no, no. It's about putting Jesus in the first place. It's about understanding that he is the only thing that's the more. And, and what's interesting to me about this story, and I think this is very important. I think you catch this. Listen, the Grinch, when he's beginning to realize that, doesn't let the stuff go off the cliff. Do you realize that? He doesn't just say, oh, well, you know what? It's all about Jesus, so I'm just going to let that fall off and crash and be done with it. No, that stuff does have its place. That stuff is fun. That stuff is important. That stuff is, brings us together as a family. Those are good things. So we don't just let that just go off the cliff. But we do understand what the more is. We do focus on the more. And here's what I found in my life. Maybe you're different, but in my life, when I focus on Jesus and I let Jesus be the more, everything else is sweeter. Everything else is better. Everything else is amazing. Listen, because, because, because when we focus on that, God takes care of the rest. I love that. So we let Jesus be the more. We let him be that in our lives. And the thing finally that we can learn, the thing that we can see, number three, when we understand Jesus as Emmanuel, our hearts should grow. Our hearts should grow. In our story, in the the movie here, um, we see that. There there was a reason why I I showed that little extended clip, because I wanted you to see the heart growing. I think that's important. And like I was saying earlier, when we think about the birth of Jesus, we usually talk about the birth narratives that are in Matthew and Luke. That's when we kind of, if you didn't know this, we kind of combine those two. And that's how we get uh, shepherds. And that's how we get the wise men and all those things. That they're actually happening in different times uh, and all these sort of things. But we combine Matthew and Luke because they kind of had it in two different perspectives because their audience was different. And they basically, we kind of mesh them all together. And that's how we get our understanding of Christmas and the nativity and all those sort of things. And usually that's what we think of. But the thing is, John, in his gospel, did write about Jesus. Did write about this, but he wrote about it in a different way. In John 1, 14, and then we're going to jump to 16 and 17. This is what John wrote about the birth. It says, so the word, and the word here is Jesus. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. And then we jump to 16. From his abundance, we have all received one gracious blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. Emmanuel. 
There's a version of the Bible sometimes I'll use, and it says basically the same concept, and it says the word became human and moved into the neighborhood. This year we moved into the neighborhood. We, we, we found a home and we moved in and we moved into the neighborhood and we became a part of the neighborhood. You realize that that's what Jesus did. He came and he wants to be close to you. He is Emmanuel. He is God with us. God a part of every area. God a part of our lives. God part of the good days and the hard days and the medium-sized days. All of those things Jesus desires to be a part of because he wants to be in our lives. And when we understand that, our hearts should grow. Listen, this is, this, we go back to this over and over and over again. You've got to be growing. You need to be experiencing things. When you understand the fact that Jesus is Emmanuel, that Jesus left the comfort and the splendor of heaven, to be born among, basically, just to be honest, straw and a manger and manure. Because he wanted you so bad. You realize what this meant. Stop and think about this for a second. The God of all creation puts on this. Jesus had never been cold before. He'd never been hungry before. He'd never stubbed his toe before. You think Jesus walked around on a cloud? And basically was above all that? Scripture says differently. Jesus experienced all these things. He was cold. He was hungry. He, he, He stubbed his toe. He got a splinter. You ever had a splinter? He's never done that before. Why? Because he wanted you. And if all that wasn't enough, he didn't come just to stay in a manger and experience those things. He came to die. He came to offer his life as a ransom. Listen, this Christmas, don't leave him. And I've said this before today. Don't leave him in the manger. That's not where he belongs. I get it. In the manger, he's, he's safe. In the manger, he's, he's innocent. In the manger, he's not asking us to do anything. In the manger, hear me here. In the manger, he's more like Santa. I'm in charge. But he didn't stay there. And our hearts have got to grow in that. Our hearts have got to experience that in him. If the worship team wants to come back up, we're going to close. But you've got to start. Listen, listen. you've got to start. And this is a perfect time of year to do it. Letting your small heart grow. Letting you un- start to be un- understand. Listen, I get it. We've heard this story since, and, and forgive my Midwestern you know, words, since we've been knee-high to a duck. Which means real small. We've heard this story. We've seen the movies. Many of us have been in Christmas pageants. We played the shepherd because everybody played the shepherd. No one actually played Mary and Joseph, you know, because everybody wanted to. We're all shepherds. We know the story. And I think that's great that we know the story. And I've said this before, and I think you can understand it. I don't know if we really know the story. I don't think we really know the story. And so this Christmas, 
can we do something together? Let's make Emmanuel the gift we desire, give, and treasure this Christmas. Let's make that the focus. Listen, hear me here. The word Grinch, because of this movie, has actually entered into our lexicon. It's the same as if we call somebody Scrooge. Oh, he's the Grinch. And listen, some of us may not walk around hating the Who's. But we really don't understand what Christmas is all about. We really think it's about all the stuff. And yeah, we'll sprinkle a little Jesus in there. We'll leave him in the manger. We'll sing away in a manger. We'll, we'll sing the songs. We may even know Jesus as our Savior. But quite honestly, our heart hasn't grown. You know, it's interesting in that story, we see an individual whose heart is too small and he's angry and he's bitter and he hates. And I can only speak for myself when I say sometimes I love Christmas, but sometimes I'm the Grinch. Sometimes I forget what this is all about because this is more than just a season or a time. It's every day of our lives where we realize who the gift really is. And so I challenge you. And we could have gotten much more minutiae of the story. But I don't think it's real hard to be able to look at that story and see individuals who who think Christmas really does come from a store. You're going to meet people like that. You're going to see people like that. And this time of year, people are open. Because they know, they know there's something more. They just don't know what it is. They just don't know what it is. And maybe God wants to use you this month to help people realize what the more really is. One of the greatest experiences we can ever have as human beings, besides our own salvation and some of the things, is when we watch someone's heart grow three sizes one day. When when they truly understand not just what Christmas is about, but what this life is all about. And God wants to use you to bring that to people. Every single one of us. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Father, you're so good. Father, I thank you that we can watch this little TV show, clips of it, and we can learn something about you. I thank you that we're not so rigid that we can't learn from everything that you put in our path. 
And Father, this morning for all of us that are here, whether we're the Grinch, whether we're the Who's, whether we're somewhere in between, Father, I pray that Christmas could never be stolen from us. Because Christmas to us is you. It's celebrating you. It's worshiping you. It's understanding what you did for us. Those things are treasures that we can hold and hide in our heart that can never be stolen. They can never be taken. And Father, listen. You love to give your kids good gifts. I think you love it when we as people are generous and share with people and give to people. I think that mirrors your heart. I think you love that. I think that's being like you when we're givers. But God, even more than that, it's having a rich relationship with you. It's allowing you to make our heart continue to grow. The more we know you, the more we understand what you've done for us, the gifts that you've given. One of the reasons we love to give gifts and we can give gifts is because of the gifts you've given us. That's awesome. And this year, Jesus, I believe you want us to enjoy the tree and the lights and the songs and the traditions and the family and, and, and yeah, even the gifts. But if all those things are gone, Father, Help us to be willing that if all those things were removed, that we would still get up December 25th and say, welcome Christmas. Welcome Christmas. Bring your cheer because of you, not because of what's under that tree, not because of the tree, but we welcome Christmas because you came. And you are Emmanuel, and you are Savior, and you have made a way where there is no way. And we celebrate you. That is a Christmas that could never be stolen. Make us like that. Help us to desire that. And when we do that, when we can be that way, Christmas is all and more. It's so much more than anything that could ever come from a store. We love you and we thank you.